Hello everyone, welcome back to Holding Fast to Faith. I'm your host, Brett Hill, and today we have a great message coming to you from the book of Joshua, chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. So if you have your Bible with you, go ahead and open it up to Joshua, chapter 6. I'm reading out of the King James Version today. If you don't have your Bible, pause the podcast, run, get it. The title of the message is The Real Prize is Beyond Jericho. Joshua, chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shall you do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before them. Now I want to jump forward to Joshua chapter 6 verse 20. So the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpets and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city every man straight before him and they took the city. Church, I want to talk to you a little bit today about the real prizes beyond Jericho. When the baseball game reaches the eighth inning and the home team is still behind one run, the team doesn't give up hope. There's still another inning to play. There's still three more outs that the home team has to try to win that extra point and tie the game or or even get two points and win it. When the game's in the bottom of the ninth inning and the home team is still down by one and the visiting team still has you down two outs already and the last batter at the plate already has two strikes on him. Hope is not lost for the home team until that final strike. The batter can still foul out every pitch. The pot fly can still be missed by the defensive player. The pitcher could still hit the batter and put him on first base. A home run could come from the batter's last pitch. Hope is always alive as long as someone is still believing. Never stop too soon. Never stop one day too early. The very next swing could be your victory. The very next day could hold your answer. There's a standing principle throughout the Bible, and that principle is obedience. God didn't tell Joshua to simply go into Jericho and the walls would give way to him. The prophet didn't send a word to Naaman the leper to simply go bathe in the Jordan River in order to be cleansed. Jesus didn't tell the blind man to go wash his eyes somewhere. He told him to go to a very specific place and do that. Instructions from God were given to see the act of an obedient heart. 
This is the same with the story of Joshua and Jericho. Now, there are several things we need to see in this story. First off, Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. A great significance here is that how Israel's reputation had shut down the entire city of Jericho once they found out that Israel was at their back door. It's it's something of a story that spreads when your God plunders a nation as powerful as Egypt uh, as Egypt and, uh, and and uh, when your God parts a Red Sea and drowns the entire Egyptian army and how he held back the waters of the Jordan River so that they could cross over to get to the promised land and encompass them walls of Jericho. When your people slay the Amorite king Sihon and Og, it becomes very obvious to Jericho this people, these people standing outside our city right now, they're God's people and God is with them and they're coming for us. So let me ask you, when was the last time your community or your city was so greatly affected by such a reputation of the church? When was the last time that the mere mention of the church caused the whole community to tremble in fearful reverence because they knew God was operating at full capacity there in your church? First Peter 2 and 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So let me tell you today, church, Christians are the people that God himself has chosen to sweep across this planet and make such an astounding, uh, astounding impression that uh, communities reverence God's house as they drive by it. People recognize the spirit of the power of God among you when they're standing in your presence. Nations fear the word of God and, and as a supreme and final countdown and, and they see God's reverence around you. They feel God's presence when they're around the church. God chose us to to be the force to march around the walls of spiritual captivity and see them fall at his command. God chose us to be the force to walk through parted waters into the enemy's territory to take what God has commanded us to take on his behalf. The problem is that Jericho needed to be conquered and it was surrounded by great walls and some of us have things that need to be conquered in our lives, but there's a great wall that we've built around those things in our lives. There's a great wall that Satan has put up around your life to protect those things he's put in your life. It's a fortified stronghold stands between you and your victory. Now, Jericho's walls had guards at the top everywhere. They were ready to pour huge cauldrons of boiling oil on their enemies if they tried to crawl over their walls. The, the walls had no weak spots in them. It was an impenetrable place to where nobody could penetrate that city, but you, can, you couldn't be able to find a way to climb over the walls. You, you couldn't chisel your way through them. Only God supplying a miracle from his hand would do that job, and, and your perception of the wall is the key to your victory. Does the problem, your wall, seem too big in your mind? Have you looked at it from an already defeated mindset or have you viewed it as another opportunity for God to show up? Have you viewed it for another opportunity for God to bring you another miracle, for God to once more prove that he can part the sea that you need to cross, that he can remove the serpents that's binding you, that he can hold back the river that's holding back your blessings? Do you look at it with a heart of expectation knowing that God can and will bring down those walls in your life. Luke chapter 1 verse 37 says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. So what's the plan? 
God said, once a day, march around the walls in this order. Armed men, seven priests, the Ark of the Covenant and a rear guard. On the last day, march around the walls seven times. God gave them specifics. He gave them uh, orders. He gave them directions on how to do it. You see, God always does things carefully and detailed, but in our impatience, we want to skip the plan and go straight to the victory. In our impatience, we want to shortcut what God wants in our life and all we want is the blessings. We don't want to take the path to get to the blessings. We want him to just give us the blessings now. Oh Lord, just say the word and knock the walls down. We'll walk in there and take the city at your command because you knocked it down for us. No, God wants us to take the path that he laid out for us. God's word is full of if-then conditional promises. Here's your one. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Well, here's another one. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. How about this one? If you have faith as the grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain or this great big wall, remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you. So if his plan is working, then by all means, leave it alone and let God's plan operate and let him do the things that he wants to do the way he wants them to be done and just fall in place with what he's asking you to do. You know, we've talked about his plan, so let's look at the power that he has in our lives and the power that's in his plan. Because where God wanted the Ark of the Covenant is significant here. See, when the Jordan waters were held back, God commanded this priest to carry the ark out into the middle of the river and, and to, part the, to have the river's waters held back and the people could cross the river as long as God's ark of the covenant was in the middle of the river. God said, put the ark in the middle of the garrison to march around those walls. Why? Because the ark was always in the middle of things. It represents the presence of God. We have to always have God in the middle of our fight. We have to always have God God in the middle of everything we're going through if we expect to prevail over the enemy. You can't march through life without God. Many churches have done things themselves. They've depended on their own efforts to sustain God's church. They've depended on their own abilities to make church happen. They've, they've depended on themselves to make things happen and put God on the second beach and put him back there behind them. Lord, as long as I've got things going good, I don't need your plan. I don't need to ask you anything. I'm making everything work myself. Well, let me tell you today, God don't have to be in the plans. He is the plan. God already has the arrangements. He just wants his people to follow those arrangements. The church needs God right in the middle of everything they do. That's how walls fall flat when they're between us and the victory that God has before us. Come on. Now listen to me. Let's mention the praise that God required when he was marching around the walls with them. He said, Joshua chapter 6, verses 16 says, Shout for the Lord hath given you the city. He wants to hear a shout out of somebody. When he gives you instructions, you ought to be, in, you ought to be shouting when he gives you the instructions. God has spoken to me. God has told me something that I need to be doing. I'm just going to go ahead and do it because I know if he's in it, if he's already given me instructions, I know that there's an end game 
came to this thing and we already win. God told them to do this before the walls fell. He didn't tell them now that the walls have fallen. Go ahead and shout. You can shout now. The game is over with. The battle has been won. You got something to shout about? No. He said shout even before they even had the walls to fall. He told them to shout before they started marching. He prays before the fact is evidence of your faith in God's promise. We need to be asking God for the miracle and then praising God for the miracle in the same breath. If you have loved ones not saved, ask God for salvation. Then praise Him for giving the salvation to those loved ones. Don't get in the habit of holding the praise back until the prize shows up. Don't get in the habit of holding praise back, waiting to see your loved one get saved. Lord, Lord, I'll rejoice the day that I see my loved one come to the altar and give their heart to you. No, you need to be rejoicing because God's word says that all my promises are yes and amen. If I told you that if you ask anything in my name believing, then when you ask believing, you know you're going to get it. You need to go ahead and shout and give him some praise right then. Don't get in the habit of holding praise back until you see evidence of the victory. Listen, if you need a new job or you you need a different avenue of income, ask God for it, then praise Him for giving it to you in the same breath. Praise before the prize is faith that it will arrive. You need to be showing God that you got faith in what He's told you is going to come through. He said, the Lord that has started something in you is faithful enough to finish what He started. So you may ask, what is the prize for Joshua? God told him to burn everything and keep nothing from Jericho. Don't don't pick up the gold. Don't take all the animals. Don't don't take their women. Don't take their food. Don't take anything. Don't take it. Just burn everything in Jericho. Why? Why would God tell him to do that? that I thought there was a prize at the end of the battle. But God, God told them to not take anything out of Jericho because it was all tainted by the evil, adulterous ways of Jericho. He didn't want them letting anybody out of there except for the Rahab the harlot that snuck God's men in there and hit them. And he didn't, he wanted them to kill everybody else. God don't want you holding on to anything from your stronghold either. He, he don't want you holding on. If, you, if you've been delivered from the past, if your stronghold has been ter- torn down, don't leave a seed that will let it grow back up. Don't hold on to something in your stronghold that is going to make you want to turn around and go back and see if there's some value left in the stronghold. Wipe it all out. Every sign of it, every little iota of what it might, might have been in the past, destroy it all and walk past it and don't look back at it because the real prize is beyond Jericho. The real prize is what's past the walls. The the real prize is beyond your stronghold. The real prize is beyond getting past your addiction. The real prize is beyond the victory of getting saved. The real prize is beyond all the things you're going through right now. The real prize is not seeing the walls in your life falling down. That's just the start of thing. The real prize isn't finally seeing your battle of addiction won. Your real reward is everything that is in store for you after your Jericho walls fall down. Your real reward is after the addiction is broken, after the change has fallen off, after the battle is over, after the hardship has vanished, but you've got to get through Jericho in order to make it into the land of Canaan. Israel was able to inherit the land of promise that they, because... They destroyed Jericho. They was able to inherit the land that God promised Abraham and his descendants because they had faith enough in him to follow his instructions and do what he told them to do. I know there's a stronghold in your life. 
I know that there's something going on in your life that you're battling. I know you don't seem to feel like you can get past it, but if you'll just obey me, follow my instructions, put my spirit out in front of you, put it right in the middle of what's going on, put me in the middle of everything you're dealing with, and the defeat of the stronghold is always the thing that keeps you from the promised land, but God said if you put me right in the middle of it, we'll tear down the stronghold, and the only thing you're going to see past that is the reward that I've got before you. So again, your victory isn't victory over the stronghold. It's what God has in store for you after the victory over your stronghold. And God did that on purpose because he wants his people to trust in him. I know that it looks too hard. I I know that it looks impossible. I know that it doesn't seem to be a way for me to get through this thing I'm battling. But God says, just put me in the middle of it. Put me right smack dab in the middle of it and continue marching. Continue believing. Continue praising. Continue trusting. I've got this thing. You don't need to be battling it by yourself. Let me in the middle of it and I will take care of it because I I've got something more in store for you if you'll just learn to trust me right here in this victory. And when you see the end of this victory, you'll know that the things I got in store for you, you can't even fathom. You can't even contain the things that I've got for you because the real reward is way above this problem that you're facing right now. So church, don't settle for glory in a single victory. God has a land of Canaan beyond the walls of Jericho for you. God has so much more to give you than what you already see. God has so much more to show you than what you've already seen in your life. God has so much more for you to inherit if you will continue in his plan and continue to let him be in the middle of everything that's going on in your life, good or bad. Let him lead you beyond the broken walls that he took down for you. Let him have your hand. Let him walk you through that promised land. Let him take you to the places that he wants you to go. And don't be trying to decide these things by yourself. Revelation chapter 21 verse 7, he that overcometh shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son. Listen, God's got an overcoming a future for you. He just wants you to get past this one stage in your life. It's the first stage you need to go through in order to trust him that there's more beyond this. Once you trust him through the walls, once you trust him through the hardship, once you trust him through the battles that you're facing right now, you'll be able to trust him into everything else he wants to take you to and through and the victory just keeps getting sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Amen. Let me pray with you today. God, I just asked you in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, that you would touch the listener. God, that your hand would be upon them, Lord, and help them to understand. Help them to believe and to have faith and trust you with everything that they go through, Lord, to put you in the middle of everything that's going on in their life, Lord, good or bad, to put you in that problem they're facing, to put you in the addiction that they're dealing with, Lord, to put you into the habits that they just can't seem to break, Lord, to put you in the impossible that they just don't seem will ever go away, Lord, to invite you into everything that seems impossible to them, Lord, so that you can show them that obedience to you will bring a victory when there seems to be no way for a victory to come out, and that's only the beginning. God, I pray that you impart this to your people now that's listening. God, let a fire rise up inside of their hearts to learn that this first victory that you want to show them is just a way for them to trust you more, to show them the promised land that you've got ahead of them in the mighty name of Jesus. God, the prize is everything else past the walls that's in front of them now.
Lord, I want to thank you for touching their lives. Thank you, Lord God, for your word. Thank you for the power that's in your word. And thank you for the things you have in front of us that we've not seen yet that we look forward to in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Listen, I want to thank you for tuning in today. I pray that this has helped you, that it has touched your life. If it has, play it over and over. Share it with friends. Send it, take a link, copy the link and email it to your friends and let them listen to it so that they too can learn to trust God through their strongholds and see the walls fall so that the prize that God has for them is on the other side of Jericho for them. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in today and we'll see you on the next one.